Good evening. It's 9 p.m. on the West Coast, and you're tuned in to the ILEG Radio Show. Coming at you live from the heart of Oregon's Willamette Valley, broadcasting around the world on radio.ileducationgroup.org and I on globalpolitics.com. Here's your host for the next hour, Dr. Paul F.J. Aranyas. so much for joining us on this lovely Sunday evening. Hope you're having a wonderful night wherever you are. We are in trouble in this country, in this society, in this Western society. The people better wake up. You better wake up. Because we have leaders in power that are out of line, acting with belligerence. You have the German foreign minister declaring war on the Russian Federation. Yes, we have to do more to defend Ukraine. Yes, we have to do more also on tanks. But the most important and the crucial part is that we do it together and that we do not do the blame game in Europe because we are fighting a war against Russia and not against each other. Thank you. They are fully aware of the irresponsible behavior, the recklessness that they are inflicting on the world. Having a proxy war with Russia a state with 6,000 nuclear warheads, sending tanks, sending heavy weaponry to kill Russians, to kill Russian soldiers in a war that was instigated by the West, by the European Union, the United States, and NATO when they had a coup and supported a coup to overthrow a democratically elected government in 2014. Never mind if the government was good or bad or was corrupt or was the poll numbers were down. The point is it was constitutionally democratically elected and the United States and the European Union went in there to meddle and overthrow it in a violent coup which led to an eight-year war which led to the current wider war. And I mentioned this on social media. And Star Wars man says that I'm loyal to historical facts that I twist for my stupid narrative. This war had been going on, he says, since 2014. Yes. So he agrees with me there. But however, there is nothing out there that really shows the U.S. was directly involved in Euro Maiden. Oh, really? Oh, really, Star Wars man? 
we have a leaked tape of Victoria Newland, the head diplomat in Europe for the United States, discussing with Jeffrey Piat, the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, deciding on who would replace, who would fill the government. No, Klitschko, he, he's better off as mayor of uh, Kiev. And no, no, well, Yatsenek, he'll, he'll do. Or moving the pieces around, and it's on tape. What do you think? Uh, I think we're in play. Um, the the uh, Klitschko piece is obviously the complicated electron here, um, especially the announcement of him as deputy prime minister. And, and you've seen some of my notes on the troubles in the marriage right now. So we're trying to get a read really fast on where he is on this stuff. But I think your argument to him, which you'll need to make, I think that's the next phone call we want to set up, is exactly the one you made to, to Yachts. And I, I'm glad you sort of put him on the spot on where he fits in this scenario. And I'm very glad he said what he said in response. Good. So uh, I don't think Cleach should go into the government. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you think what, in terms of him not going into the government, just let him sort of stay out and do his political homework and stuff. I'm just thinking in terms of sort of the process moving ahead, we want to keep the moderate Democrats together. The problem is going to be Tony Boke and his guys. And, you know, I'm sure that's part of what Yanukovych is calculating on all of this. Um, I, kinda... I, I, I think Yats is the guy who's got the economic experience, the governing experience. He's, he's the guy, you know, what he needs is Cleach and Tony Book on the outside. He needs to be talking to them four times a week. You know, I, I, I just think Cleach going in, he's going to be at that level working for Yatsenyuk. It's just not going to work. Yeah, no, it, I think that's, you know? I think that's right. Okay. Good. Well, do you want us to try to set up a call with him as the next step? My understanding from that call, but you tell me, was that the big three were going into their own meeting and that Yats was going to offer in that context a three-way, you know, the three-plus-one conversation or three-plus-two with you. Is that not how you understood it? No, I think, I mean, that's what he proposed, but I think just knowing the dynamic that's been with them where um, – Klitschko has been the top dog. He's going to take a while to show up for whatever meeting they've got, and he's probably talking to his guys at this point. So I think you reaching out directly to him helps with the personality management among the three, and it, and it gives you also a chance to move fast on all this stuff and put us behind it, behind it before they all sit down and he, um, he explains why he doesn't like it. Okay, good. I'm happy. Why don't you reach out to him and see if he wants to talk before or after? Okay, will do. Thanks. Okay, I've now written, oh, one more wrinkle for you, Jeff. Yeah. I uh, can't remember if I told you this or if I only told Washington this, that when I talked to Jeff Feltman this morning, he had a new name for the U.N. guy, Robert Seri. Did I write yeah. you that this morning? Yeah, okay. I saw that. He, he's now gotten both Seri and Ban Ki-moon to agree that Seri could come in Monday or Tuesday. Okay. So that would be great, I think, to help glue this thing and have the U.N. help glue it. And, you know, fuck the EU. No, exactly. And I think we've got to do something to make it stick together because you can be pretty sure that if it does, if it does start to gain altitude, the Russians will be working behind the scenes to try to torpedo it. And, again, the fact that this is out there right now, I'm still trying to figure out in my mind why Yanukovych did that. But in the meantime, there's a party of regions faction meeting going on right now, and I'm sure there's a 
lively argument going on in that group at this point. But uh, anyway, we could uh, we could land Jelly side up on this one if we move fast. So let me work on let me work on Klitschko, and if you can just keep, I, I think we want to try to get somebody with an international personality to um, come out here and help to midwife this thing. And then the other the other issue is some kind of outreach to Yanukovych, but we probably regroup on that tomorrow as we see how things start to fall into place. So on that piece, Jeff, uh, when I wrote the note, uh, Sullivan's come back to me, uh, VFR, saying you need Biden, and I said probably tomorrow for an attaboy and to get the deets to stick. So okay. Biden's willing. Okay, great. Right. Thanks. Of course, she was out there passing out bread, and John McCain was out there. How would you like it, Star Wars man, if Chinese government officials were walking around uh, January 6th Passing out bread, giving speeches, having leaked tapes on who would, who would fill the government when they overthrew the president-elect Biden. Or how about if they were at Occupy Wall Street 10 years earlier, hounding out bread, Russian or Chinese senators, party officials, handing out bread and cookies and giving speeches and giving cash. How do you think the United States would feel? How would Paris feel if Chinese or Russian officials were walking around Paris and opposing Macron with, uh, with, with speeches and giving cookies and comfort and financial assistance and uh, you name it, whatever. Diplomatic cover for an unconstitutional undemocratic change of power. How would you feel, Star Wars man? That's, that's what I want you to ask yourself. You're listening to the ILEG Radio Show with Dr. Paul F.J. Aranyas, broadcasting live on radio.ileducationgroup.org and ionglobalpolitics.com. The problem we have right now is people aren't asking questions. Everybody's going on social media and giving statements. Ukraine is winning. Russia's winning. Ukraine is winning. First of all, this is not a football game. People are dying. It's a bloody, bloody war. And it's not a joke. And, and nobody in the West is calling for a ceasefire. Nobody in the West is calling for de-escalation. They're sending tanks. Now they're talking about sending fighter jets. But the reality is they misunderstand this conflict, apparently, if they're talking like that. Because Russia went in initially. Because I said, as I said, there was an eight-year war in which ethnic Russians, Russian speakers, were being slaughtered. And Ukrainian troops, which were building up for offensive, were looking like they were going to do it all again or increase that slaughter. And Russia went in to denazify and demilitarize Ukraine into a brotherly nation. You don't just march in with a long column like that and, and, and look at the difference between Iraq, 
how the U.S. bombed Iraq and how Russia went in. Yes, there were casualties. There's still casualties, and that's sad. That's tragic. Anytime anybody dies in a war, it is a tragedy. But you can see that they went in relatively with gloves as a brotherly nation to denazify this country, to change the reality, the political reality and the reality of the Donbass, which the people were subject to abuse, torture, and shelling for eight years. And so when Russia went in, they were met not with by Ukrainians, but Ukrainians that were trained and equipped by NATO. And Angela Merkel and Francois Hollande had said that the Minsk Accords were just a ruse, just a ruse to buy time to build up Ukraine's military. How did they build it up? NATO, the United States and European countries, built it up. It didn't build itself up. It was pumped with weapons and, and finance to build it up. And so that is what met the Russian army when they came in. And so the Russian army has now regrouped. They had to mobilize. They had to change tactics. And now they are openly declaring they are not at war with Ukraine. They are at war with NATO. They are at war with NATO because NATO is not only supplying them with heavy weaponry, tanks, missiles, HIMARS, you go helicopters, intelligence, radar, you name it. I've been down the list. It's an extremely long list. The U.S. has given Ukraine $100 billion plus in military and financial assistance just within the last year, in less than a year. And so Russia is now regrouped and geared toward a war against NATO in Ukraine with NATO's proxies, which are Ukrainian conscripts, Poles, Romanians, French, Americans that are there as mercenaries. And if you listen to intercepts, people that have listened to intercepts, They'll tell you that they hear voices of people speaking in English, Romanian, in Polish, in French, fighting for Ukraine. And so the German minister who uh, said, don't let's not squabble with each other, bareback, she said it openly on video, let's not squabble within Europe, we're not at war with each other, she said. We're at war with Russia. That is the reality. And the German government, the foreign ministry, walked it back and said, oh, no, no, we're not part of the conflict. And the French have said, no, 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 we're not directly party to the conflict. And the Biden administration has, has said, no, 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 we're not directly party to the conflict. But they are directly party to the conflict. And they're crossing red line after red line. And the people better wake up and know the danger that they're, they're flirting with. 
these aren't small countries with that have been attacked by the United States and Europe without any air forces. This is a superpower, a military superpower with 6,000 nuclear weapons, and our leaders are being reckless in a number of ways. I'm speaking to you today, and I speak to you every time on this show, because the people in power are not worth speaking to, because they know exactly the evil in which they do. They know that they are engaging in a proxy war, not for the benefits, for the benefit of Ukrainian people, not for any kind of altruistic motive, but because they are making a lot of money with the military-industrial complex, the weapons industry. They think they're going to be able to rebuild Ukraine as well, a lot of contracts. Do you think the U.S. and Europe care one cent about Ukrainians? They'll fight to the last Ukrainian to try to hurt Russia. It's about self-interest and about trying to hurt a competitor. You're listening to the ILEG Radio Show with Dr. Paul F.J. Aranyas, broadcasting live on radio.ileducationgroup.org and ionglobalpolitics.com. Do we see roundtable discussions on the consequences of this reckless path advocated in Western capitals? You don't see a lot of discussion. All it is is war propaganda telling you lies about how great the Ukrainian military is when credible sources say the Ukrainians have lost 150,000 soldiers. I mean, their original army is has been decimated and wounded Three to four hundred thousand. And they're using conscripts now. Some older, older, some have said there's children, minors being conscripted, and foreign mercenaries. And now that Russia is fighting a war against NATO, my opinion is that Ukraine has no chance. It has no chance. And Every time we send more money to Ukraine, what we're saying is pile on the suffering. Instead of having a, a diplomatic blitz for promoting peace, for a ceasefire, they're saying, oh, you're going to drive Ukraine, you're going to drive Russia out, you're going to drive, take back Crimea. These are fantasies. That will never happen. And if it did happen, you, we'd be in a world war when the European continent in its entirety would be on fire. The West Army in Ukraine is like a boxing coach just training a guy in a bar to fight Mike Tyson. If the coach cares at all for the guy, he'll tell him to stop fighting and talk nicely with Mike because a knockout blow is inevitable. Just a facts ma'am on Twitter says, Sure, just give the bear what it wants. It's so big and fearsome, even if it eats your children. Maybe if you be very quiet and play dead, the bear will ignore you. Um, just the facts, ma'am. I don't know. Why do people not use their real name? Do you not stand by? I've said this before. Do you not stand by your comments? Are, are your comments, uh, are you afraid your employer is going to see them? What kind of democracy is that in the West? 
tells you something about your 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 democratic outlook that you're afraid of your employer if that's the case but are you not proud of your name put your name out there and 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 your, and your statement stand by it but just the facts ma'am the bear wouldn't have bothered them if they hadn't been hitting it with an iron club killing ethnic russians in the donbass for 8 years but yes, if you run into an angry bear, I suggest you not fight with it. The West is destroying Ukraine because they want to hurt Russia in any way. If they can hurt Russia just a little bit, they can try to sully its image with propaganda, can kill thousands of its soldiers, can, can do anything, hurt it financially, put sanctions on Russia, then they'll do it and they'll fight to the last drop of Ukrainian blood. And that's what they're doing. And Ukrainians better wake up to that. The ones that are, you know, any, any ones that are, you know, critically thinking about this situation. They better wake up to the longer this goes, the more likelihood that Ukraine will cease to exist as a state. And I said that back in November. And every month that, that goes by, it gets closer. And you can see the change in the war that's, that's happening irrespective of the propaganda that's out there in the West. But Ukrainians better wake up that the West is not their friend. If they were their friend, they wouldn't have backed a, a Nazi, neo-Nazi regime for eight years that killed their own people. They wouldn't have done that. They would have been peacemakers. They would have been peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. That means you go out of your way to make peace, not when it's convenient, not when everything suits you, not when you get everything you want, but you go out of your way to make peace. And Ukrainians better wake up that the United States and in Europe are not peacemakers. If they just look around at the, the history uh, of the West in Iraq and Vietnam and Panama and Grenada and the Federal Republic of Yugoslavia and Cambodia and Laos and Korea and in Latin America, embargoing little Cuba for because they wanted a different system. Dominican Republic, Guatemala, Congo, Somalia, Pakistan, Afghanistan. The list goes on and on. And if Ukrainians can't see it, I'm not talking about the neo-Nazi variety, of which there are plenty, but if you're ordinary, good-thinking good-hearted Ukrainian can't see that the West does not have their interest at heart, then they have been duped. And as Brother Malcolm said, then they have been bamboozled, led astray, run amok. Ukrainians, there is a peaceful solution to this, to this, this conflict. And it starts by recognizing that your government, your government in Kiev is a continuation of an illegitimate government that has led your country down the path of destruction at war against a superpower, a superpower neighbor with 6,000 nuclear warheads. To even think that Ukraine has a chance in the long run to prevail is lunacy. Is lunacy. But I bet that there are Ukrainians that are supportive of peace. There are those that are 
favorable or look kindly on their Russian brothers and sisters. But Ukraine is not a democracy. When Ukraine and the Zelensky regime goes after priests and arrests priests, dozens of priests, for what? For singing the wrong hymn favorable of Russia? How many Ukrainians do you think are going to sit there and say, we want peace, we want a negotiated settlement with Russia, we don't have anything uh, uh, against our Russian brothers and sisters, we want to end this, end, end this war? Let the people in the East, and the Donbass, let them uh, be with Russia. They've always been loyal uh, or have an affinity toward Russia. Crimea was given away. It was, o- it was always Russian in history. Khrushchev gave it away. And let us resume our life and live in peace and have a settlement. You can have a... Uh, a new referendum, a United Nations referendum in the other regions in Kherson and Zaporizhia. Some kind of negotiated settlement is possible. And Russia is always saying that they are for negotiations and a settlement. But it's Zelensky pushed by United States, Britain, the EU that are inflexible that are not willing to negotiate or to create peace and to be peacemakers. And yet they talk about Judeo-Christian values, Christian values. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, blessed are the peacemakers. Go out there and make peace. Stop shipping weapons. Recognize the other. Recognize that you aren't always innocent. Recognize the plight of the people in Donbass. And stop pointing fingers at everyone. What about them? What about them? Where do you live? Where's your country? What role do you want your country to play in the world? Where do you have influence? You're French, you're American, you're British. Look at your country. Take the uh, plank out of your own eye before you take the splinter out of somebody else's eye. This country, the United States, that dropped atomic bombs, two atomic bombs on civilian populations when there was a, the war was over. Intelligence, the codes had been broken, and... It was actually the Soviet Union entering into the war that that stopped the war right after that because the Soviet Union declared war on Japan and came in. And that's what caused Japan to surrender. And there's plenty of academic evidence to, to make that point. You know, that atomic bomb was aimed at Russia. As Mandela said, if you get out of line, this is what will happen to you. So they dropped the atomic bombs on civilian populations. So there's a history of of terrorism and state terrorism. And what we need is to tell these people that enough is enough and there needs to be a peaceful solution. With all the problems, the homeless people here at home, the poverty, the climate change, we need that money to stay here at home to help people. If you're going to send it abroad, send it to help people, hungry people, build their homes in developing countries and give them financial uplift and, and opportunities to develop for themselves instead of breaking people down for your own business interests. Thanks so much again for joining me tonight. I wish you a wonderful evening. And as always, keep the faith. You're listening to the ILEG Radio Show with Dr. Paul F.J. Aranyas, broadcasting live on radio.ileducationgroup.org and ionglobalpolitics.com.